0: Discovering that your spouse has had an affair or has in some way been sexually unfaithful is often an extremely traumatic event. You'll feel like the boundaries of your marriage have been violated, your trust in your spouse has been destroyed, and even your own identity has been shaken.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a tough but hopeful episode for you this week. This is episode number 212, and today we're going to be talking about how to work through betrayal trauma. We talked a little about this in a recent episode with one of our associate therapists here at Only You Forever, Sharon. And today we want to dive into the research to see what the issues are and what the latest research is saying about how to best move forward after betrayal.
2: Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed what to do if your sexual history is dragging you down. Definitely worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us.
0: And again, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of working through betrayal trauma, Verlinda. Okay. So the first thing we want to do is just confirm that a betrayal can represent trauma. This Most people think of trauma in terms of some kind of physical devastation or death or something like that, but a betrayal, uh, which can't be measured in any hospital can also be traumatic. Mm -hmm. Trauma has been happening since the dawn of time, but I think as a psychological concept, probably the Vietnam War really put it on the map as veterans came back and many of them with the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And for a long time, trauma was considered to be something that happened mainly to war veterans, often police officers, other first responders, and not to make light of of anything of what those men and women go through in service for or freedom and safety. But we've also come to realize that trauma is actually an even more widespread experience. So, mm-hmm. And let me just kind of make the connection over. So for example, of the core elements of trauma from war, near-death experience or possibly having witnessed others die suddenly, mm-hmm. feelings of overwhelm and helplessness, or just when too much happens too fast and too soon. Now, in a relational context, if you consider your marriage a safe zone, and you should if your marriage is healthy, then all of a sudden you find out that what you thought was safe is actually very unsafe and threatening through the disclosure of an affair, as one example, then it's possible to have trauma. Not necessary, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. It's too much happening too fast, too soon. Your world implodes. You may even feel that your safety is incredibly threatened. Do I have an STD now? Be a question there's often overwhelm as your world crumbles and a feeling of helplessness because you cannot undo what has already happened. So you see how you kind of get all those elements in there.
2: Mhm. Okay.
0: Now, the disclosure of betrayal.
2: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If somebody's world is imploding, you know, it's crumbling, they feel helpless, they don't know what to do, are they actually thinking like, "Hmm, do I have an STD?"
0: No, I'm saying that if your spouse has an affair, yeah. a lot of people wonder if they have gotten an STD from that.
2: Well, I know, but I just think that that would be so far down the road. Maybe not. Maybe that's the first thing people think of.
0: Not everyone does, but I have seen folks where they like, they go to the doctor and get checked right they, away. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. The disclosure of betrayal then quickly shakes the foundation of your life and marriage, leading to symptoms of trauma similar to what veterans experience. Again, doesn't happen to everyone that goes through an affair. Okay. Actual trauma. But really? uh, yeah, at least, I think the number is at least 60%. Okay. Yeah. Uh. It doesn't mean it's not devastating for the other people, but in terms of actual trauma symptoms, it's just kind of what we're clarifying there. So why don't we just look at those trauma symptoms yeah, for a moment? They? So viewing betrayal as a trauma event can prepare you to make sense of the effects of it, right? And that helps you to understand what you're feeling and why. So for the major feelings and effects. And the first one is grief. Of course, the betrayed spouse can feel an intense sense of loss following an affair. They feel that their Mm -hmm. marriage, their Mm -hmm. life as it was, is now gone, and they go through a grieving process. These spouses may also feel a loss of innocence, a loss of safety, a loss of purpose, and a loss of self-respect following an affair. Wow! So those are all different kinds of losses, right?
2: And so they have to grieve all those
0: losses. Yes. Oh. There's confusion. The betrayed spouse has to deal with the unnerving experience. This is a quote from one researcher. Who has studied this, the unnerving experience of feeling as though one has not the foggiest idea of who this person is to whom one had pledged oneself in a committed relationship.
2: So they feel as if they don't have the foggiest idea who they're married to. Yes. Why didn't they just say that?
0: Because they're researchers. Yeah. Okay. So since marriage is such a core part of a person's identity, they may also be so shaken, they start to be unsure of who they really are. And this can Mm -hmm. lead to a state of emotional turmoil due to the rapid experience of all kinds of emotion related to that anger, sadness, hopelessness, fear, vulnerability, and so on.
2: Mm -hmm. So this so relates though to the first thing, right? Like you can be so confused even about who you are because you've lost... What you thought you had. You've lost who you thought you were. Yeah. You thought you could trust yourself. and yeah. yeah.
0: Now going through traumatic events such as betrayal often leads to high levels of emotional reactivity as well. So this is the third item is reactivity. Individuals that have gone through trauma often react very strongly to any trigger or situation that reminds them of the trauma. Mm. Huge clue for betraying spouses here.
2: What do you mean? Why is that a huge clue?
0: Well, betraying spouses often like wonder what the problem is with the person that they've betrayed now that they seem irrational. So this is me speaking through their lens, right? And not realizing that this is a trauma response to the devastation that they have created.
2: Uh, okay. So when they see their spouse, like maybe down the road, react really strongly to something that doesn't warrant doesn't, that reaction. They don't
0: think warrants the reaction.
2: That yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Now they can also have trouble regulating their emotions generally someone who's been through betrayal. So that can just lead to emotional outbursts. Mood swings can be normal, overreactions to minor problems. And again, this is not meant as criticism, but just to normalize that these kinds of behaviors are usually just cascading effects of having gone through a profoundly difficult experience. The betrayal trauma. And then the fourth item is trust. So betrayal can destroy all sense of trust between spouses. Mm Mm-hmm. So that trusting each other on little things becomes really difficult. And that means that conflict over little things is also much more likely since the betrayed spouse can no longer trust that their husband or wife is being honest and has their best interests at heart. That fundamental assumption is gone. What?
2: Oh, the fundamental assumption that they're being honest.
0: Yeah. Okay. Or even that they have their best interests at heart. Okay. So often the lies and secrecy that surround an affair can be just as damaging as the act itself, if not more so, Mm -hmm. leading the betrayed spouse to be distrustful of anything their husband or wife says, Mm -hmm. anything the betraying spouse says. Now, no doubt, those of you that are in this will recognize that there are even more feelings and thoughts than these to process around a betrayal. So the bonus guide for today's episode does step you through all of that in much greater detail. The goal with trauma is to process the trauma so you don't remain stuck in it. Trauma does not have to be the new you. Mm -hmm. Rather, it is something you didn't sign up for, nor do you want, but it is something that you can heal from. And that's what today's bonus guide is intended to help you with. You can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that.
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
0: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about four of the more significant feelings and effects of betrayal trauma. So let's turn more towards helping our listeners, for Linda who've gone through this, begin to manage it better, work through it. Okay. As always here at Only Forever, we have an online counseling agency with some of our therapists specializing in helping couples heal from betrayal and infidelity. Actually, right now, I think I could say that all of our therapists can help with that. To learn more about that counseling, just head over to onlyyouforever.com and go to the counseling menu. Look for infidelity counseling and we can talk. There's more about that information available to you there. We'd love to try to help your marriage move through this. So, But let's talk here about how to overcome betrayal trauma just in terms of uh, things you can work on yourselves. One of the early goals for a betrayed spouse is to come to a place where you can feel safe in the marriage again. Mm -hmm. So reestablishing trust is a big part of this and that's a process, sometimes a long process of course, but as it returns, it helps you become less reactive to trauma triggers and it begins to make space for you to start processing and making sense of what happened. And when you're in that area where you can begin to make sense of what happened at that time, you can work through more classic marriage issues like conflict resolution, learning new relationship skills, and eventually moving towards forgiveness and reconciliation. But first is kind of moving towards safety, towards basic levels of trust.
2: So you have to do that before you make sense of what happened. Like, I guess me and my naivety would have thought that, no, you need to make sense of what happened first, and then you can figure it out and start processing. and Yeah.
0: Making sense of what happened doesn't mean like who you had an affair with. I should clarify my terms there. But
2: you're saying why it happened, aren't you?
0: How do we get to the place in our marriage yeah. where one partner could have an affair? That's the question. And at the start of, right after the disclosure of the betrayal, mm-hmm. there's no room in the betrayed spouse's mind to consider the possibility that there was difficulty in the marriage. As a couple. As uh, a couple. Okay. And and rightly so. I mean, the person can't be blamed for it. No, I agree. But it is, it is kind of an interesting moment later on in the marriage where where both partners are taking some responsibility for what happened, even though the decision was wrong, and that decision is fully on the betraying spouse. Okay. Yeah. It's delicate, but there's no room for that early on, which is fine.
2: Okay.
0: So, so safety. Yeah. Safety is reestablished through, well, yeah, five things here. Number one, honesty. The betraying spouse needs to fully disclose the extent of the affair. Things like how long it went on, the identity of the affair partner or partner's where you met, how often. It's not recommended that you share more detail than that, or nor the details about the sexual encounters themselves, mm-hmm. like what happened inside them. Those details often just deepen the trauma, but knowing who, when, and where kind of details helps establish safety. So why is that? Because then the betrayed spouse, once you have the picture of how the hidden behavior was happening,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know you can detect it if it begins to reoccur because it will often follow the same patterns.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the betraying spouse then needs to work on being fully transparent with their betrayed spouse so as to give them no further reasons for doubts or suspicions regarding their behavior. So this could mean being fully transparent with your schedule, the places you go, the people you're seeing. You have to increase that level of transparency. Giving your betrayed spouse access to your phones and emails can also be useful to remove any suspicion just be prepared to be far more honest and transparent than what is required in air quotes normal relationships where betrayal has not occurred.
2: Okay, I agree with the being more transparent, but being more honest? Like shouldn't everybody be honest in their relationship?
0: Yeah, so maybe I should put that as um, you know, putting the truth out there before it's needed.
2: Like being willing to type this information
0: about where you're going and
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, not that there's a lower level of honesty that's suitable for
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, and then boundaries is the second item. Clear boundaries need to be set up regarding the affair partner. So, For example, the betraying spouse might need to promise to never see that person again. Or if the affair partner was a work colleague, specific boundaries may need to be set up as to what is acceptable so the betrayed spouse can feel safe. Mm -hmm. Telling your spouse if the affair partner has tried to get in contact with you may be also a rule that the couple wants to agree on to remove any doubt. So just so there's no possibility of secrets. And again, remember, it's the lies that hurt more than anything. So honesty around boundary violations, even if they're unintentional, even if they're not your fault, it's very, very important to be proactive and uh, just...
2: So this kind of goes with that honesty, transparency in the first one too. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I ran into them at the grocery store.
0: Yep. Yep. And what happened and and how. Yeah. Uh, Number three, expression. An important recovery step for the betrayed spouse is expressing to the betraying spouse how deeply you've been hurt by the affair.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the goal here is to aim to express the different ways that it's impacted you and how your view of the marriage that you're in and your spouse that you're married to has changed and how all of this has made you feel. Hmm. So note that you're describing your experience primarily. Expression should be honest, but if it's expressed repeatedly with too much intensity or anger, it may lead to escalating conflict. And That's kind of a tough balance for couples to find as they go through this mm-hmm. because you are allowed your anger. Okay. But if you're not able to get away from attacking every time, then it's going to become counterproductive at some point. Okay. So, and I just want to say that gently, but clear and for yourself, honest emotional self expression is needed here as well, which is often learned as part of marriage counseling. So, where we're like initially, we see a lot of anger more, but you want to, if your spouse is safe to do so and they're responsive and they want to work on the marriage, you want to get towards expressing the more vulnerable emotions that have Mm -hmm. come as a result of the affair. Okay. Okay. The betrayal. It's good for your partner to see that. You don't need to protect them from it. And number four, validation. In response to this, the betraying spouse should try to understand and validate the emotions which the betrayed spouse is expressing. The key aim here, uh, and sorry, I'm going to quote another researcher, Mm Mm-hmm is to demonstrate to the hurt partner one's care, concern, and love by way of connecting with, accepting, and validating the hurt partner's emotional experience. Okay. Is that okay?
2: Yeah.
0: Often- um, Why do they
2: say stuff in such convoluted ways? Like, I don't know. It makes sense what they're saying, but they don't need to speak. No one talks that way.
0: Anyways. Researchers do in journals. Apparently. So often you may find yourself tempted to say, no, you shouldn't feel that
2: Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And you know what? I hear from wives and that drives them crazy.
0: Yes. Yeah. It doesn't work. No. it's it's That's a whole tangly thing around perception and everything else. But let's just go here. It's more important to validate your spouse's experience rather than try to modify it to what you think it should be. Because they have a perception and based on the perception, they have feelings. Mm -hmm. So those feelings are valid for their perception. Right. So they should be validated.
2: Even if you don't think they're seeing something right, you still need to validate the feelings. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Through that lens, I can understand why you would feel that way. You can at least say that. Or do you think that's still putting a little barb in there?
2: I think that is. That's like saying like, oh dear, here we go again. She's not right, but I have to validate her. Like, okay, I can see why I would have made you feel that way. Sure. Like take some ownership and responsibility.
0: Yes, it's the defensiveness that sends yes. the signal that you're still lying and hiding, yes, which will increase and perpetuate your betrayed spouse's reactivity because they want to break through that and get some truth, yeah, so hard for some people to break the defensiveness.
2: are you talking to me right now?
0: No no you're well, let's just clarify for our listeners that you're defensive in a different context,
2: right, yes, okay
0: I just i I have okay. Just in the the extent of my experience, it does take some folks a longer time to figure out just to not be defensive. And it's really hard for them to step away from that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, finally, number five, recognition. When the betraying spouse starts working on the above items.
2: Which are the honesty, the boundaries, expression, and validation.
0: Yes, the betrayed spouse should try to make room to recognize that this person is now making the effort to reconnect and rebuild trust. So you kind of have to open the door to that a little bit and recognizing the fact that your spouse is making this effort can help rebuild the trust between you. They're trying, okay. even okay. if they're not getting it right all the time. Okay. So that's just me kind of gently saying, okay, can you make a little bit of room to see that they're working on this bond?
2: Right. You both have to move forward. You can't yeah. expect your other spouse to come all the way. Yeah. Huh. Okay.
0: Other betrayal trauma tips? uh, Look after yourself is one as well. Don't forget about that. There's self-care. The intense emotional turmoil of a betrayal can cause both spouses to take less care of themselves physically, eating less or more, not sleeping enough, no social contact. That uh, you know, poor physical health can increase stress and make everything harder to deal with. So it's wise and helpful mm. just to make extra time to take proper care of yourself, even though it's the last thing you feel like doing.
2: So what does taking proper care of yourself mean?
0: Uh, rest, nutrition, and exercise, and spirituality. Okay. Hold on to hope. Once the couple have started working on reestablishing emotional safety, try to hold on to hope that the marriage can be restored. Uh, you know, don't uh, kind of let you, your, you know, we have a negativity bias. Everybody does. So it's easy to paint yourselves into a corner where you believe your marriage is totally destroyed or lost. But, you know, hold some faith that it can be restored. The hope part is very important to keep people going through the recovery process.
2: I can see that. So find
0: a little bit of hope somewhere amidst the darkness and difficulty. And then moving forward. So dealing with the betrayal trauma is often considered the first stage of recovering from an affair. After this, couples will have time and will want to explore other issues, such as what happened in the marriage that made it possible for an affair to take place, eventually restoring intimacy and sex and how they go about that, and then working towards forgiveness and reconciliation and again we've looked at this some of these items in a little bit of detail in the bonus content but the marriage therapy that we do at Only You Forever can help couples look at these issues safely and progressively as well so we'd love to help you on that if we could
2: well that's it for today mm-hmm. we'd like to thank Thomas and also Robin who became patrons between this recording and our previous one thank you for your support next week we're talking Caleb
0: about how to handle living with extended family in mm for the best interest of your marriage. Yeah. Okay. I think, uh, I wrote that one up a couple of weeks ago. I think it's 30% of couples.
2: I was going to say more and more people I think live with family now, especially in cities, right? It's like so expensive to buy a house. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link
1: 212. Find out how you can help go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to OYF.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.